Yeah. Welcome back to Florida's Fittest Podcast. Uh, I just started recording because uh, Mark just freestyled it right away and he's uh, eating, so I'll just reintroduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, which is uh, lax Sunday. Uh, I already ate, but I'm enjoying my super strong coffee because I like to get messed up on Sunday with three shots of espresso right away. Got to power through this very chill Sunday. Need all the caffeines. Um, yeah, I don't think it even phases me anymore. <laughs> With enough caffeine. Yeah, I think I could do six shots of espresso and still be fine. Oh, I really, it's really bad. He's a pro. <laughs> do it. Um, yeah, what I wanted to say was, what up losers this week? Yeah. So, props to all the people that are out there. Um, and, like, that was, I mean, it's always incredible to watch, like, really talented athletes do what they love doing at a very high level. And they're te- like, I feel like you, they're they're so prepared for everything. Like any test you throw at them, they perform well, whatever it is. Um, you know, like they can do run swim run. They can do, you know, marathon row. The next, you know, next event and you know, next event will be you know max clean and jerk, and they'll perform all three of those events like perfectly fine. So um, it's a true testament to like how fit people can actually get and just the evolution of sports like in general people are yeah. badass yeah and it was like i think the only thing i saw was well two things um so we're in sarasota so real fitness is like the big crossfit gym i would say yeah in sarasota they're I, all over there it's like a big family so yeah shout out to you guys what up and then uh yeah they, they had a team they had a team uh do the intermediate um uh, competition so I don't know how they did, but I'm sure they did really well. Oh, yeah. So um, they're always very, very well prepared for comps and everything like that. It's just yeah. a nice like. There, this there is the one thing I want to say. Like having moved down here, it's like it's just really nice to see like the camaraderie in that. Yeah, like it's like I said like earlier, like it's a fam, it's a family type vibe. Mm-hmm. As soon as you walk through the door, and like everyone will come out and support you like that after um, you know competitions and everything like that. So. And you know, people kind of need that, like in their lives. Like they, that's something they absolutely need. I mean, so. we were just talking to Dylan, and he was talking about how he's trying to get a buddy his in the training. Yeah. And the guy like died. Yeah. But when you get, when you have that, but you have other people who are yeah, like, like it's, you, it feels like, good. Yeah, it's uh, it's one thing to be able to train alone, but it's a whole whole different thing when you train with somebody else, because then you have not only it there's. There's a catch to it, like, well, you're, you're gonna get pushed to your limits when you train with somebody else, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you have somebody who is at the same level or better than you at something, and they're gonna push you. Mm-hmm. But if you train by yourself, like, who, who do you, you only have the voice inside your head, and like that can also be detrimental to your success, essentially. Yeah. So I'm put a bookmark on that. Yeah. Um, but who, you know, who won? I think Pat Vellner is leading right now. Mm. Um, the men's division. It's I think a tight race between Sarah Sigmund's daughter and Tia, Tia Toomey. Yeah, Tia Toomey is looking really good. Yeah, and um, of course in the the team division, uh, Mayhem Freedom is crushing it because they got Scott Pancheck, mm. uh, uh, Rich Froning, obviously uh, you know China Cho, and uh, Wow, that's Tasia. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, China that's in there. Yeah, China show. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just, just a stacked team, <laughs> yeah. and like you wouldn't expect anything less. Like, and um, you know, like the girls, the girls' division is like really, really tough. Um, what you call it uh, Haley Adams is hanging in there as she's still you know freshman year of college. She's still performing really well. Um, you know, Amanda Barhart is in there. She's I think she's like fourth. Um, Carrie Pierce is like third, so all like you know top ten finishers are in the top five as as they should be. So uh, it looks uh, pretty good. And like what was nice to see was um, Scott's younger brothers, yeah. Scott Patrick's younger brothers, Saxon and Spencer, are in the top five in the nice. men's division. So um, yeah, you know, strong genetics. Yeah, now. yeah, strong family, strong genetics. Mm-hmm. All three of them are like super competitive too. So like when they work out together, like they they push each other absolutely <laughs> to like the brink. And like I feel like if my brother and I train together, like 
we would be like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely, because yeah. like he knows how I, how hard I, I would go, and he's like, no, I'm gonna cere- cere- cerebral my way through this, mm-hmm. <laughs> like pace it. So he still hasn't forgave me for uh, cheating in the hundred brushstroke my uh, senior year. So you got it done. Is it technically cheating? Um, I didn't get disqualified, so technically it wasn't. So yeah, <laughs> and I wasn't gonna go. I wasn't gonna lose to my like, younger but brother, my senior on senior standard night. Standard like professional sports. That's if you won and no yeah. one DQ'd you, you're good. <laughs> well, it doesn't help when your dad's the ref too. That's right. <laughs> so what you're saying is your dad likes you more. Uh, no, I, I think I, I did it sneakily, mm. and especially it was like the last tw- uh, twenty-five, so just knew your dad's blind spots yeah just you know a couple of dolphin kicks uh, off the wall which they were like you're only allowed to do one in breaststroke so just pop up you know another five yards ahead of him and scramble to the wall before you can get going I wouldn't even know where to start with that yeah like I just don't know (laughs) if you watch the race you're like ah something's definitely wrong something's happening something definitely happened on that yeah yeah well we'll just keep adding it i don't know yeah, i'll figure it out later yeah. but um yeah I, I definitely cheated just to beat my younger brother on senior night you won yeah it's fine i mean like if i hadn't found out about armstrong he would just dominate he's still dominating you can't yeah. argue that like, no regardless of what you think of his ethics and whatnot he's still won yeah like uh we were talking about ethics of sports earlier um we can touch on this because hmm. It's a it's a trending topic it and segues. yeah it segues into a lot of things and uh, there is a very interesting uh, podcast I was to do is Ryan Fisher's um, and basically at any top level sport and yeah sport and fitness you're gonna be on something at some point like especially from collegiate on you're gonna be on something at some point. Um, and it's not you're not going to be 100% clean you're not going to be 100% dirty like it's mm-hmm. very there's very uh, it's not all black and white it's very uh, shades of gray in there and um, I'm like I'll give it to you in this perspective where um, you're a football player and you get a high ankle sprain and when you go to the nurse's office or the training the training room um, you're not just getting taped up you're probably going to get a cortisone shot you get steroids yeah to <laughs> It's your ankle just to um, make you recover. That way you're yeah. ready to play against you know another top five team in two weeks. Like that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to mention too the balance of that is like these when you get to that level, athletes at that level are just like just not even the same human beings as, no. as normal human beings. Because like the, the amount of recovery it takes for you know between practices yeah. and games and like it's. The, he, that at that point at that level like that is your job and yeah. like that is your sole yeah. purpose like your body is paying for everything yep and um, like, I mean that's why like pro athletes get compensated so much I mean mm-hmm. it's just like I mean you can debate that too but like basically you're getting paid that much to beat yourself up and get driven into by a Mack truck yeah and like they, they do a pretty good job of preserving you as best as they mm-hmm. can I mean you're an they, asset yeah you're they have yeah, to they have to like I, I know for a fact like my college pay for my contacts uh, any dental work I needed to get done yeah um, you know anytime I got sick like I think you know they pay for like the doctor's visit and everything and uh, prescriptions so like I, I I was asthmatic I had asthma they paid for my inhaler I'd never used the inhaler well, you know it's but, funny kind of a little diversion from that conversation um, it's funny that like people get into stuff like CrossFit or they like People start playing basketball for some, mm-hmm. for, for example, and then they're like, they'll buy all the right gear, buy all the shoes, mm-hmm. everything to like look the part. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm an athlete now, I just play basketball. It's like, <laughs> no. You don't understand, you don't like grasp the, gear, the whole yeah. like thing of being an athlete. Yeah. The gear doesn't make the athlete, the no. athlete makes the gear. And, and then the thing that always drives me insane is like, when people do get into training, like, they miss the power, they miss the part that like, someone or something, like an organization is tending to your health and wellness mm-hmm. because you have to be an, you're an asset. Yeah. And most people just get into training and like beat themselves up because they they get caught in this idea of like motivation and being inspired and driven, going hardcore and all that stuff. And they miss out on the part that like 
um, you're supposed to actually like take care of the vehicle as well. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's what messes people up and like shortens their training and athletic careers is they don't pay attention to that detail. Yeah, like you, you can only go so hard for so long. Like, um, I had a pretty good feel like background is where I knew like sleep was important mm. to me at a, like yeah. a young age. So I made sure I capitalized on my sleep. Uh, at night, I like not. I was getting like at least eight hours of sleep. Yeah, you know, and like I told you a story. Like my my mom knew my college recruiters better than I did because she was the one answering the phone at like nine o'clock at night, and she's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, my son is uh, sleeping because he has practice tomorrow mm. at five a.m." And they liked it. They're also like, "Well, when can we talk to him?" And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna have to wake him up <laughs> if you want to talk to him." Yeah. So. I'd rather not. Yeah. Um, but like at some point they did have to talk to me on the phone, so um, yeah. they they usually called on like a sa- um, Saturday or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's a uh, you know it's all really important and all that stuff, the, especially the, the sleep and yeah, you even wake up. Oh, I think I think the problem with that though is like, I mean, I guess the the moral of that or the lesson that could be taken away from that is that if you do get into athletics especially later on in life like whoever it is that's listening to this um, make sure that you understand the ways in which you're going to get hurt or the, the, the stupid yeah, ways there's, that there's always like there's overuse injuries there's injuries because you, your, your body's getting older like yeah. you have to slow down like stop doing things like I know I'm not going to be able to squat heavy forever but I'm not going to be able to not squat but relative yeah. to like yeah. The rest of the population, you'll you'll do some pretty like impressive yeah. stuff. Yeah, and there's some like older people, like I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years old, and you'll see it on on social media all, all the time. You'll see like, some like ninety year old woman mm-hmm. squatting for the first time. Yeah, or deadlifting that, that yeah that uh, yeah, eighty four yeah. year old deadlifting like two sixty yeah. something two hundred sixty pounds like that's crazy. But you should be able to do that. Like there's no reason why you can't do that. Yeah. Especially like as you get older, you're like you should be able to be, have fitness throughout yeah. your life. Um, it, it's it's like we're kind of the blame. I mean, people in like the fitness <laughs> world are kind of the blame because there is that like and this is going to be my segue into the whole mentality thing. Like there is that mindset like you can just do. You can just like execute on, on whatever it is and not worry about or get, ty- get distracted by like how painful it feels or stuff like that yeah and like the way I gauged like how my practices were going for like the week is obviously Monday I always felt great yeah Tuesday I'd feel okay Wednesday depending on how much yardage or how hard the practices were I'd feel a little tired by Thursday usually by Thursday I'm shot yeah I, I can't do anything yeah so it's either Wednesday or Thursday I have to take a rest day and um, it's been like that in weightlifting now too like mm-hmm. as I'm you know in my training now so yeah. like I need to have a rest day at least once a week is my body can't take that much repetitive stress it's stress basically yeah. so the repetitive stress and um, so it just needs like an extra day of recovery you've developed the self-awareness yeah. to at least know and like I can push so yeah. hard but I have to like and like there, there are certain off. times where like you have to trick your mind and like oh you're fine but you <laughs> also okay. have to yeah yeah it's okay like oh yeah I can do but there's a point where your body will tell you no I can't do anymore yeah like just stop yeah like but you can always do you can always do something like and like the the rest day doesn't have to be like oh I'm just gonna go and do lightweights no the rest day can be I'm gonna sit on the couch and watch Netflix or I can hop on a spin bike just pedal lightly for 30 minutes and stretch for the next hour and it's okay to do that like um yeah it's there is a time and place to to be tough and to grind it out but what what i feel most people who get into fitness miss because they're so excited about it Mm -hmm. is that they're we pay just as much attention to our recovery as much as we do our actual like workouts and training yeah because it's just as crucial the recovery i just there's more of it being talked about in like the professional fitness space and the professional athletic space we talk about this Mm -hmm. but i don't think enough people outside of that people who are just like going to like your global gyms 
really have that discussion, and they're no. going to go hard. Like I don't think I don't think personal trainers have that discussion no. with their clients either. Because um, the expectation is just I'm just I'm going to count yeah. the reps and yeah. I'm going to yell at you and yeah. then you're going to bust your ass. Yeah, and like I feel like it's easier to get away with not doing recovery mm-hmm. um, when you first start off. Yeah, like your first year of strength training or fitness training or whatever. Yeah, it's very easy to yeah. negate that recovery. I would, I would actually agree. Yeah. But as you get older, as you as you become older in the sense of working out, like yeah. your workout not like your, your workout training your, your training yeah. age, you have to start adding in those recovery days. Yeah. Like like Sunday, I I every Sunday I don't train. Like I've I've had it. I've done that since ever. Yeah, forever. Like yeah. since I since I started you know competing in sports and everything like that. Like Sunday was a day where <laughs> it was just doing it. Yeah, yeah, it was a, well. My family's Catholic. I was I grew up Roman Catholic, so mm. Sunday was you know God's day of rest. So it was a day you spent in your family, and you, historically, the coaches respected that. Unless it was a, a swim meet that was a weekend long, you know, swim meet. Mm. That was the only time I was doing anything physical. So yeah, yeah. Um, um, that's just the the interesting thing about all that yeah. is. Um, um, what is it? It's not really a matter of not pushing yourself hard enough. It's just that during the first, let's say, like year to three years of training, if you're just getting into it, no. you have to develop an awareness about who you are, what you are, what your limitations are, and how to work around those um, those, those aspects of yourself. Yeah. And obviously, like being smart enough to say. I'm 45 years old. I'm getting into CrossFit, and I have three kids. Probably not gonna. Yeah. I'm yeah. probably not gonna kick Rich Froning's ass anytime soon. No. Even if Rich Froning was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like it's not gonna happen. Yeah. You. you that's a that's a whole big thing too. I, I wanted to get on. Um, you have to be realistic with yourself, like. And that's you, okay. Yeah. And like, you have to understand some of these athletes that you see in the CrossFit games, and they were former collegiate athletes. Yeah. They were high level, at like. Tia Tumi is an Olympian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rich Froning played college baseball. Yeah. Uh, Scott Panchak played college football. Uh-huh. Matt Frazier was a junior world junior world champion in weightlifting. Yeah. So they were all high level athletes before they got into CrossFit. Yeah. Now, you can't be, you know, Joe Schmo walking down the street, eighteen yeah. years old, join a CrossFit gym, be like, Hey, I'm gonna go to the CrossFit games this year without having some kind of well-developed athletic mm. background yeah. to bring you into it like it's just not going to happen like yeah. you have to be realistic with yourself and two like unless you're going to give up your day job and yeah. basically you, live in the gym you just won't have the time yeah you won't have the time and like you still have to have nutrition you still need to eat healthy you still need to have those days of recovery where mm. um, almost like a college athlete where you need to you know take your ice, ice baths you need to you know do the PT, um, you know, physical training or physical therapy to like rehab certain joints and everything because you're going to get injured. Yep. Um, there's no way around it, um, especially if you do anything at a high level. It's not just CrossFit because that's anything. like the biggest thing that kind of pisses me off. For like, oh, all these CrossFit athletes get injured. They're like, no, you can do that playing baseball. That I, I, I tore my labrum swimming. Like, yeah. and like I've had injuries. Like swimming is like a non-contact sport. I, I had a concussion swimming, so like, like how I, like how do you explain all this stuff? Like just swam into yeah. the wall too fast. No, I swam into another swimmer. It was actually a funny story. Oh, uh, one kid was diving on one side, I dove on the other, and I kick underwater fast, and I pop up 15 meters. He popped up, and our heads hit, and I didn't come up. So yeah, did you pass uh, out? I didn't pass out. Oh, okay, I, like okay. I didn't pass out. I, I swam to the side of the wall, and like my neck really hurt, and I climbed out, and I waved over the athletic My trainer feels really funny. yeah and he's like can you read that that sign i was like no and he's like yeah you need to sit up we need to do the concussion protocol and everything like that so it's uh yeah like you can get injured walking down the street like it's yeah i, I hate that excuse like all oh, crossfit creates injuries and it's it's not absolutely not that's, true honestly that's old yeah like, it, that's it's, that's it's like, tired that's tired yeah, man that's like a tired excuse <laughs> i mean like i used to hate on crossfit but the thing is like if I, I, I don't know I think it just comes with age like anything yeah. that brings you into a world and helps you develop a solid set of behaviors especially when it comes around fitness and developing your health and wellness listen don't knock it 
Yeah. It's just a it's just a part of humanity to kind yeah. of like you know if you're a bodybuilder you like shit on weightlift uh, like weightlifters weightlifters are shit on like CrossFitters. Well, I've never seen a sport more unanimously hated than CrossFit. Like that's true. I, I've that never true. seen it in my entire life. Like why why do you care so much? about the sport that's true yeah like I, I yeah. don't understand it. like like I'll, I'll hop on bodybuilders all day like I don't consider them athletes because you don't really yeah. compete true it's all your sport <laughs> is true. completely your yeah. sport parentheses are completely just, subjective maybe it's just bodybuilders perpetuating that so that they yeah. get the spotlight off of that yeah well it's because crossfitters are actually athletic yeah I mean not to say that you know bodybuilders can't be athletic but they're yeah. not really in a sport, it, yeah. your sport is completely it's subjective. Really subjective, very. Yeah, it's based on based. a judge yeah. and politics. Yeah, yeah. Am I, like, am I not? Am, like, please prove me wrong. Yeah. Um, there is no. Like, not to say it, it doesn't take a lot of hard work and dedication. Oh yeah. Because it does, and like, I can't do what they could do. But regardless of your hard work, yeah. it still yeah. it still falls on like whether the judges like you if you talk yeah. to them. It, it's purely like once again purely yeah. subjective. I've never yeah. met a, another sport that was that way yeah other than like diving maybe if you're a bodybuilder yeah. and you like want to chime in on this like yeah. feel free to join us yeah. by the way if you're in Sarasota yeah um, I'll I'd be more than happy to have a civilized discussion which we'll get on the <laughs> civilized discussion on civilized. Uh, yeah on uh, social media because mm. that's another thing that's yeah let's talk about gone crazy <laughs> well it's, it's interesting I think that the interface of that is like being in athletics yeah um, and being in fitness is like it's you you get to a point where if you're not just like a dabbler Mm-hmm. If you find some speciality, you find a specific goal, you you tend to be really driven and focused towards that goal and distractions gonna fall out and so you develop a sense for like pain, discomfort, all these things can fall away. Mm-hmm. Because you realize the limits of what you're capable of handling. Like you know that. Yeah. And, and a lot of people have like when Kobe like tore his Achilles and he came back out to finish the game. Oof. Um like um there's I believe a story with like I think it's John Wellborn who's the host of Power Athlete. He, um, he, he so did CrossFit, by the way. The, the, he did do CrossFit. He's a huge guy. He's like almost 300 yeah. pounds. He broke. So in your lower leg, there's two the, bones. The tibia. And he broke one of them. Yeah. But it wasn't. It wasn't a, a tibia, though. I don't remember which one. But, it, but, the, but, the, but the medical professional on staff at that game said it's not really a, a, a weight-bearing bone. So they let him play. And I believe he played, like, defensive line. Yeah, no, I think Is wasn't he, he offensive lineman? Was he offensive? I don't remember. Yeah, he was. A, I mean, he was a big boy. But he was a big yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. So either I would, way, I would like, think he was an offensive lineman. He's getting trucked at. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting basically like he, he says like uh, I have a helmet, and I'm trying to my put it. Yeah. Like <laughs> put put my helmet through you. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's why he always says uh, beat the hammer. Yeah. And uh, but but the point of that is like, um, my point with that going into the whole social media thing is like you develop a sense for like. Things that normally would freak you out as a mm-hmm. normal person yeah. just kind of fall to the wayside because you're you've learned that you can power through a lot of adversity. Yeah, and that's a great thing. And I think where that like kind of touches on social media is like there's this like split between people who can do that and are willing to do that and who are like mm-hmm. hardcore or, or I guess the kids call it nowadays like boomers. If you talk about that, oh, if you're okay, some, boomer. I yeah. know. Like if you're somehow. But I don't like, understand that because I I got called a boomer. Well, that's I'm the like, I'm literally. Like, if you just got through life, like somehow <laughs> you're a boomer, but it's like, oh, well, yeah. you fucking old fuck. Yeah, I'm literally like, oh, I, the guy, somebody, somebody called me boomer online. I'm like, I'm literally the same age as you. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, and that's all it is. Like, this, I, I thought it was hilarious. The so. sentiment behind yeah. that is just like I, I saw a post today. And it was um, it was a picture of a of an American or like English World War Two plane with half a wing missing, and mm-hmm. the pilot had been shot up. And it was like back in the back in, back in the golden days of being a man when you could pilot a plane away from enemy um, airspace with half a wing shot up and bleeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we and there is a very obvious like distinction that there are people nowadays, and yeah. we refer to them as soy boys or whatever. <laughs> And people like get triggered and they want to go in their safe spaces. It, um, it's I won't even say that's necessarily like disparaging anyone who is has those sensibilities. It's just like you can do more, and yeah. there's sort of an expectation that like, come on, like we've done so much more. And I think that that's where the sentiment of like the boom. And I, I feel is like from. too, um, like we've grown in society, like we've become so crippling weak that yeah. like it's no like we can't have conversations anymore. It's either that's, your way or no way. Yeah. 
and it shouldn't be that way. Like you have to, you have to automatically pick a side. Like why? Yeah. Like why can't we discuss this like civilized like people? Yeah. Like we why, why do I have to pick a side? Yeah. You know, I I don't I never understood that. And like well, it has to be that way now. And what scares me about that is that um, when they talk about like what the Nazis did mm-hmm. or a- anytime there were atrocities like that, what what there tends to what tends to happen is like this sort of tribalism gone amok where mm-hmm. you kind of treat the enemy or someone with different perspectives from you as this like subhuman you demonize them you demonize them (laughs) at least you just basically treat them like nothing so that it makes it easier for you to shit on them and and, Mm -hmm. and, like treat them poorly yeah like if I have a discussion with somebody and they start name calling me as soon as like I I know they're they're just weak inside like you have nothing better to say than that like alright well if I you're ignorant yeah, yeah if I made you so upset with my opinion that you have to name call me now yeah that it, it just shows how feeble you are as a human being. <laughs> like, you, you lack any yeah, sort of perspective yeah, on, on yeah, whatever it is like, that we're discussing, and you're just yeah, defaulting. It, it, to it's either uh, image. It's a either a maturity issue or just a lack of knowledge issue. Yeah. At that point, and both are fallible to the success of the, our country and society now. Yeah. So. Well, I think it's interesting. Like, it, it is like it's it's a kind of ignorance and a kind of prejudice mm-hmm. and I think that that's when I turn off when that happens because it's like especially if people are like oh so, let's say he's a very good one Trump is a racist but then oh. when you start to talk about Trump and his constituency and then you forget the fact that his constituency are mm-hmm. like millions of people yeah you're becoming just as much of a prejudiced human being and like yeah. for me the fundamental sort of um, what is it um, the, the the most basic part of that, the mm. essential part of that conversation, is that we don't want prejudice. Yeah. But you're embodying a sense of, of of like of separation and prejudice because you don't understand where said boomers or said right wingers or whatever are coming from. And so when I do that and I stand up for those people or stand up for anybody, so all of a sudden I become boxed into yeah. being a boomer yeah. or boxed into being like an Uncle Tom. Yeah, like right. a, a, it's well, so freaking hilarious. Oh. I'm like, wow, I'm an Uncle Tom. Great. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've, dude, I've been called Uncle Tom before more than <laughs> Bad mark. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Just cause, just the way I talk, Yeah, I'm automatically an Uncle Tom. Oh, God. Because yeah. you sound like Thomas Sowell. Yeah, like I, I don't understand <laughs> it. Like, Or even like my, my background, like growing up, and people don't understand, like I... I did come what from. Is, what is that, by the yeah. way? It's it's interesting yeah. to me that like largely in the African American culture, like education is like a, such a big. It's not cool. It, well, education yeah. is like it's cool, but it's not cool. Like, cool. like yeah. you know, the best way to get out of the ghetto is to get education. But is the moment that you start to like wear Better a stuff. suit yeah. mm-hmm. and speak clearly, like Candace Owens gets yeah. slammed all the time. Yeah. Thomas Sowell gets slammed yeah. all the time. Apparently, I get you because of the I way get, you speak. Yeah. Gets, I get slammed, slammed all the time. All the time and that, well, that's what blows my mind. And it's crazy when it's like. Well, when it's like white people who are speaking up for black people who are now attacking black people for being white yeah. is nuts to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> you, you posted, I think you posted <coughs> something earlier and... Uh, I may have. I yeah. like stirring the pot. Yeah, you, you were stirring the pot and it was a tweet from somebody else and she said like, it's racist to use big words in conversations because yes. it will offend... Yes. Black people because they're it not was as educated. A young twenty-something white woman yeah. who said that using big words is racist because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't even get upset about it because it's it's, it's comical so to me. It, yeah, it's comical to me now. Like really, like you really I mean, if you asked me like eight that years ago, I, I'd yeah. probably be really upset about it. But now yeah. I'm like, this is comedic. <laughs> it is. Yeah, because I'm like, you know, well, there goes my my education and. You know, <laughs> like, isn't, isn't that exactly what you, as a Democrat, are fighting for? Is for my people to be able to go to school and get educated? Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. It's like, what, what is this like yeah. weird sort of circular logic? I don't understand. Um, and and the moment you point it out, like they treat you like garbage. Oh, and they I default know. to 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 <laughs> just petty it's just name petty. calling. Oh, it's it's yeah. horrible. It, and like it's so sad. Like society is yeah. society has you know come to that. Well, part of the problem. And I had this conversation with someone. I was like, "This really empowers that." Yeah. Because we there was that so, the meme I posted earlier about yeah. the dogs behind the fence. Yeah, the so dogs behind the fence. That? So like, it's so bad 
now with social media. Like normally, if you want to have a discussion, so you can do it face to face. Yeah, yeah. and you, you had punched. it in big debate halls. Yeah. And if you had a dislike for somebody or you disagreed with somebody, mm. you had to tell them face to face. You couldn't hide behind a shadow of a screen. Yeah, and, an avatar. Yeah, an yeah. avatar. Yeah. So like, if you so we'll put it in the nineteenth. Uh, we're in the 19th century and we're having a debate. We're in a big mess hall where there's discussion. Yeah, yeah, polite discussion. Uh-huh. We're in a big hall, hundred like probably 20 people, mm-hmm. and you voice your opinion, I voice mine, and we can agree and talk, you know, disagree and talk about it, or we can yeah. agree and you know keep going on about other things. But now people hide behind if I share my opinion online, like like uh, I did with the um, the new Batman movie. I love Batman, by the way. I'm like one of the biggest Batman Loves fans. Batman. In like the world, like I have, <laughs> no, I'm ser- like I have all of his origin stories. Just I have for you to one day. Just yeah. Be like, I am Batman. Yeah, I have all. I have all all the DVDs. I have several of his um, limited edition comic books that are tucked away in my safe. Like definitely a fan, huge fan, truly. And I hate the new Batman movie that's coming out. Like yeah. I don't like anything about it. I don't like Pattinson as an actor. I don't like the new bat suit. I think the casting for certain roles are terrible, and I'll give it a chance to watch it. But at this point, like everything I've seen, looks like shit. Yeah. And I voice my opinion online. And I literally, I kid you not, within 30 seconds, someone is like, "Oh, you will, you're not even giving it a chance." Like, I'm like, "Well, it's my opinion. Like, why, why does my opinion yeah. affect you so much?" You want to sway me? Yeah. Too. Like, please, like, please prove me wrong. Like, yeah. I was like, he's like, "Well, it's supposed to look shitty because it's his first bat suit." I'm like. He oh. is the CEO of Wayne Enterprise. He That's has true. the entire R and D department. Yeah, like, I, I think I, he can afford more than a hockey mask or hockey pads and a Walmart Halloween mask. I think Nolan kind of embodied that because I mean, his Christian Bale version of Batman went through that transition. Yeah, but his costume still looked good. I know. So what is he talking <laughs> yeah. about? And like I, we've already gone yeah, through this. It, it's. It's so bad. Um, was that the justification for it? Because yeah. I saw something about how like the director or whoever it was decided uh, he, on the suit. He, he wants to put like uh, the bat symbol is the uh, the gun that he was used to kill his parents. And I'm like, for somebody who knows guns, like yeah. I do, like those are not gun parts. What does that look like? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I, I know what gun parts look like. Yeah. Those are not gun parts. So it, it's well, just, it was inspired by. <laughs> it, it just it just looks like trash. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, like. Anybody who does cosplay could probably come up with a better costume yep, than what they they've could. come up with, and it Shout just looks terrible. Yeah. Shout out to Larpers. <laughs> it's like for real, like it's it's horrible, and but I get torn apart by all these like Avatar fanboys who yeah. you know sit comfortably behind their screen and like, oh, you're just a bigot or you're an idiot, and da da da. da. Yeah. I'm like, all right, so cool. <laughs> back to that point about civil discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with civil discussion is like it used to be an art. It still is an art. Like yeah. It, there's you can literally take a few college courses on it. And well, they, yeah, they have tons of debate courses. Yeah, and they do. Um, and I'm I'm almost certain that like I'm sure there's rules within that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't know. I'm just kind of like grasping at this, but like I'm sure there's rules. And if you happen to like default default to like name calling or, or or disparaging someone's character, it's no longer a clear debate. And I think if you have a point. Like, if you want to say, like, Trump is racist for this, 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 and this reason, for example. Let's let's use that name only because yeah. it's, like, such a triggering... Yeah, it's a triggering thing. word. <laughs> it's uh, a triggering word now. Like, <laughs> present me with, like, clear reasons. Yeah. And maybe, like, that'll sway me. Yeah. Because, like, for example, when there was that, like, attack in Iran for one of those... Uh, one of the Iranian generals, it's like, I was... All I was doing is presenting my understanding in facts as I read them. Not, not some rhetorical, emotionally-based... Like, oh, but he's killing people and they're innocent or, like, there's collateral damage and, like, all this stuff. And it's like you're grasping at things that we have no facts to really mm-hmm. base on. He's like, you realize every president before him did the exact same thing and you none of nobody ever said anything before that. Before. Yeah. Freaking, like, yeah. Obama, <laughs> like, bombed a lot. He's dropped a lot of bombs. Yeah. A lot of bombs. But he's considered, like, the patron saint of presidency now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. And I, I think there's something. It's always said. like a catch twenty two. Well, it's like, like it's cool that or he, a double like, standard. It's uh, cool not a catch twenty two. It's cool that he got up to that level because I think it was important for people to see that like you're an African American male living in America. Like there is no limit. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, 
Um, whether or not he necessarily did a good job with the presidency, debatable. Yeah. I'm not necessarily... Like, honestly, like, I'll tell you, as a African-American person, like, I don't think he did much as a president. You're an Uncle Tom. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> such, a, such a racist. Like, God, You're, can't you, help it. You fall and pray to the other side. Yeah. yeah. What are they paying you? <laughs> no, yeah. He's like, who, who's paying? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, honestly, I, like, I all say, as a proud American, like, I don't think he did a really good job. But that's my opinion. And there's and, a lot of people who yeah, would agree with that. Yeah. Immigrants and, and, but, uh, and like natural yeah. citizens alike yeah. will say that. But I mean, it's like, just, yeah, it, I think at the end of the day, it falls on defining someone based on their merits. And that can be hard because when you see someone like, I, I, can, I, I totally get like, to a lot of people, Donald Trump would be like, um, like, a, like the douchey football player. I'm, not, I'm trying to tie this back to <laughs> athletics. Because like, because if you're like, and I was the nerdy kid in high school. Like, mm-hmm. if, if I'm the nerdy kid in high school and I see some, like, douche canoe of, like, an athlete. Yeah. Like, it's easy to make the impression that that guy's just a jerk through and through. Yeah. And it, it, no matter how, what amount of good that he does in, in his life for the community or what have you, it's going to be hard to see past his douchebaggery. Dude, yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what's happening with people. But to, to remain objective and to really gauge the successes and failures of a country, a presidency, or anyone's behaviors, like you have to look at their behaviors and their actions. Yeah. Because on they, the flip side of that, you got a good looking president like, like Obama, and people are not happy. Yeah. And I think people are coming from the same place. They're just kind of like excited about this person's look, not necessarily his actions. Yeah. And they like, they just- It's basically what I'm doing with the Pattinson thing, but. <laughs> but, like, well, I mean, you yeah, ha- you yeah. you haven't really found favor in any of his work, though. No. Like, what would would you like? Did you like obsess over Twilight? No. no. Well, his I'll, I'll say like his independent films were good, but I just don't. Yeah, but think you he's, just don't. See he just has a really punchable face. What, 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 that, like, that, that's, that's that basically where and, it is. And maybe <laughs> it remains to be seen that maybe he will deliver a really good performance. Maybe. Maybe. Debatable. It's hard to say. Exactly. Doubtful. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, that's just part of. We'll see. In yeah. time, we'll tell. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just waiting for like, I'm waiting for like in ten years for Donald Trump after all of his time in president as a president mm-hmm. to come like you know he's like you know what guys, I did exactly what I meant to do. Yeah. We're like, this is exactly what I meant to yeah. do. Well, Kurt Cobain called it. He was going to be president. So, <laughs> I mean, there was some truth to it. So, um, How are we but yeah, like, uh, yeah, we're good. I mean, let me see what's going on with this dealy. Take a little pause. Okay. Yeah, we're like thirty minutes in. Well, you have to. Cons- you also have to count the uh, the prior time when we when we cut. Remember? Oh, true. Yeah. So maybe like twenty minutes then. Okay. Uh, no, no, you're good. <laughs> but um. Oh, you're, you're yeah. 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 You're not on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like. We'll tie it back into like, you know, sports talk and like, even with sports, like everything is so subjective now and like people voice their opinions on certain things. And uh, which I, I wanted to talk to you about like, how do you feel like the Olympics possibly being canceled this year in Tokyo? Because of the coronavirus. No, I'm, I'm serious. Like they've, they've had discussions on how you, how are you gonna, Make sure all the athletes are safe. So, when did this come up? So they're saying they're gonna cancel. Yeah, it was. I got a. Cause I have the ESPN app, uh-huh. and I got a ping, like a, like the banner popped up notifications like potentially the 2020 Tokyo Games may be canceled because of coronavirus. What's well, not in Japan? Is it? I don't. I don't think so. But it's close to. It's close enough. <laughs> yeah. It's clo- yeah. It's close to. Well, I think all the Asian countries too are like having some problems. Some problems. Yeah. Not problems with the coronavirus, but like travel restrictions. Mm. Like if you have a if you go on a flight to Bali, like you have to. You know. I don't. To be, okay. I really don't know what to say. Is it the the winter games? No, summer games. Summer games. So they have time to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, they have. So this you know, yeah, they have like shit. four four months to figure it out. But I can off the top, I can yeah. say that like I'm not, I don't follow the Olympics closely enough to mm-hmm. really have that much of an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Other than 
at least from the perspective of an athlete who was a hopeful. Yeah. That would suck. Oh yeah. Especially if because you work this is so like this is shot. your dream. Like especially if you're like I'll I'll say for like the back end of like for summers. Like if you're over you, the age you've been of through the trials, right? Yeah. I've I've made it to like, I've qualified for Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah, it's four years of your life that you're dedicating to one dream. Yeah. And like if you're on the tail end of your career and it's like your last chance to make God. the game or yeah to make Olympic trials for the games and they get canceled. Yeah. Like your dream is crushed. It's just. Sh- just literally shot so that's, that is probably the part that's the humanistic aspect of yeah. it that like would crush me because like there's there's certain athletes where like the they're you know obviously there's peaks and valleys in performance and how they develop as an athlete and like some athletes become really good like they mm-hmm. start everything starts clicking towards the end of their career yeah and like they as an older athlete like you only have, you only have so much time to compete at the highest level you can yeah and um it's like for like just say swimming for example like over the age of 21 i would say like you are over the hill yeah yeah yeah, you're over the hill for swimming like maybe not for the sprint events but you're over over the hill yeah and and you are gonna take you out to pasture yeah so maybe like you're you're 21 and this is like your last shot to be an Olymp- be called an Olympian. But and what do they do with old swimmers, by the way? Do they, they, do they, they join do? Masters. Oh, okay. They don't if, take... Like, no, they join Masters if they're disgruntled. <laughs> Angry old swimmer. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe like, they shot the, the, well, you in the well, mar- over the Marlins <laughs> trench and just like put a lead weight on your foot and drop you down. No, they would have done that to me. <laughs> be part of the trench. <laughs> but, uh, no, like... Um, this is this is my experience when I swam masters, and I'm probably gonna get a lot of shit for this. But um, so I swam masters after I competed in college mm. and after my injury, and I was I just wanted like one last hurrah to like see what I could actually do. And what I found was it was this is my perspective. It was all the kids that were always got like fourth, fifth, and like didn't make the podium. Yeah were the hardcore master swimmers. And like they never missed a practice. They had a, they had a, yep. And they won every master's they had a chip event. On their yeah, the huge chip on their shoulders. Yeah. And when I came in, like I was already talented. And I was like, ah, I like I'll show I'll ah I'm not gonna do the set. They're like, you have to do the set. I'm like, no I don't. Like I swam at way higher levels than you have. Like I don't need to do this. Like I'm actually paying you to swim. Like what the hell? Like, you're not gonna tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep it fresh. And, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what I found. And, like, they're like, well, you don't work hard in practice. I'm like, because I don't have to. I don't have to anymore. Like, this is purely fun for me. Yeah. And he's like, well, you're not going to be able to do all that fun stuff for long. I'm like, well, I don't plan on doing this forever. So <laughs> You guys are. <laughs> yeah, you guys do. You guys are, like, like, obsessed uh, about this. Yeah, I, I could care less. Like, like I showed up to, uh, well, I went to Masters Nationals in Fort Lauderdale. Mm. I literally reeked of tequila going on to the relay. <laughs> I still swam. What a jerk. Yeah. And I still swam like a 4,600 freestyle. Yeah. Totally hungover. But I was also like 23, so I could, my body could process yeah. it. So it was, it I was can fine. Get with this. Yeah. I can take the pain. But, um, yeah, like, <laughs> it, it, that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about Masters. Yeah. But, um, but I'm sure the that, different like, sports is, is obviously, I think Masters CrossFit's different. Or Masters weightlifting is different than Masters swimming. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more competitive and people are more relaxed about it. Yeah. You know. But all that to say that, like, it would be absolutely crap for people who are, like, going to miss out on their shots and do the Olympics this yeah. year. It'd be, uh, I, I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, it, but I, I would definitely empathize with them. Yeah. For sure. Like, and that, like that, that yeah. is the key word right there. Yeah. Is empathize. And that's, it's literally like their dreams are just crushed right before them. Yeah. And, um, that would yeah, dude, that suck so much balls. Yeah. <laughs> it got awful. That, that would suck rings oh. so bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just the, the, the thing that empathizes is really important. Mm-hmm. Because I... Uh, I'm waiting. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you guys can hear that. Yeah. There's a few perils with sitting outside. Yeah. And that's uh, loud Jeeps on a Sunday. But it's been... Few and far between. Somebody's uh, overcompensating Not for so his. Uh, I mean, he's doing all right. He looks yeah. like a 
good-looking older gentleman with a nice uh, older lady next to him? It's overcompensating. <laughs> Maybe he's not. Uh, big loud truck. <laughs> big loud truck, it. little dick. What? <laughs> Sorry. But I'm Asian, so I'm obviously going to want a really big loud truck. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, um, empathy is sort of the word that's lacking, I think. And I think growing I think, up... Yeah. Uh, you you can go ahead. I was yeah, gonna yeah. I was gonna add on to because I think I think there has to be a space where like yes you can debate and yes you can have conversations about really heated topics that are like a very polarizing, but I think it's important to understand that the other person's perspective are shaped by their experiences, mm-hmm. and yours are the same. And it's a matter of coming together to find the reasons why you don't mesh. Mm-hmm. And it's not about. And, and when you shit on somebody's character, like you're attacking someone for basically being a person. Yeah. And it's no better than if they were doing it to you. So, I mean, there's that whole like, turn the other cheek, sort of do unto others deal. Yeah, but gold, golden rule. You, yeah. learn, you learn this in kindergarten. Golden rule, treat, you know, treat everyone how you would like to be treated. Which is better than Hammurabi's old rule, which yeah. is like if- Eye uh, for an eye. Uh, eye for an eye. <laughs> if which, a man blinds you, you blind him. Uh, he takes which, one eye, you take his. Well. My mom always said, like, if, well, we'll tie this into the bullying thing. Like, if somebody hit me, I had full permission to punch them back. True. And make sure they don't get up after you hit them. True. But that's that's how I grew up. I grew up in, like, a rough <laughs> rough neighborhood in New York. And then I moved to Sable, which was a lot kinder. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, the whole, like, bullying thing. Bullying cannot be tolerated. Yeah. Um, you need to teach your kids to be empathetic to everyone. Yeah. And <laughs> not judge people on the way they look and and like their different backgrounds. Like, oh man, um, I'll I'll tell like I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I met one of my oldest friends to this day on the playground because we were both different and we beat the shit out of each other on the playground. I think you like, just hashed full, it out. Full full fist fight. Yeah. To, second grade, and to this day, Nick Mio mm. is one of my oldest friends. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, and I'll. I'll send this link to him, yeah. and he'll laugh about it because he'll say the same. He'll say he'll laugh about it. I, like, I think that's important. Yeah. Like I think you need to have those moments rehash it out. And, mm-hmm. and I've been a couple of comedians who kind of joke about that. Like yeah. girls are funny because they'll be super polite and diplomatic mm-hmm. in public with people, but they really hate someone they won't ever see it. Yeah. With guys though, like you're pretty upfront with like I just hate that guy. I don't yeah. like that. Fucking, I don't fucking like that guy. <laughs> and you'll fucking you let it be known. But I think what's what's cool about because I've heard this story a lot. Where it'll be like two people that don't fucking like each other, they get in a fight, and then all of a sudden they're best friends. Yeah. And I think what it does is it hashes out, like, maybe a hierarchy. Like, okay, yeah. I can't fuck with this dude because yeah. literally he literally beat my ass. But the other part of it is just like you understand each other's deepest boundaries. Yeah. Well, it's also yeah, like you're just like me. You bleed the same color. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this motherfucker's yeah. willing to scrap. Yeah. And like, there's a really mutual done. respect at that yeah. point. And like, I mean. We still keep in touch, like you know, here and there. Like it, it's crazy, and like now in this world, like you get these kids who. It's also. It, this is a hard, touchy subject because. Like I could see, both arguments. Like mm. that one, kids need to be tougher. I think. You need more um, fights. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not necessarily need to be more fights, but yeah. they need to be told no more. Yeah. Um, they need to be. They just need to be in tougher positions in general, I think. Yeah. But too, like, also kids need to know, like, the world is full of different people and different backgrounds, and they need to be empathetic. You don't know. Yeah. You, you, growing up, my dad used to say, like, you gotta be careful of the kind of person that you're talking to or dealing with, yeah. because you don't know if they have a gun, they have a knife, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. People are really missing that. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just be kind. Just, uh, that's all. Yeah. Like, kind. Kindness cures the world. Which is the craziest yeah. and coolest thing I've always said about people people who've gotten in fights or people who fight or people who are like in a sort of athletics and they understand the limits of being a person. They don't go out there being like as best as they can, they don't go out there like being dicks. Yeah. Because they know that like if I've been in a fight or I can fight or somebody else somebody else is potentially better than I am. Yeah. Or somebody else can kick my ass. Yeah. And so they've got that like sort of governor in yeah. their head. Like I, I've known people who are like fighters who are really good, they're really like, chill, literally walking human weapons, mm-hmm. and they are the most humble, chillest people. In I the think world. it's also because you yeah. can kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, because you know you yeah, can. they have that that confidence in their back in their pocket, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you'll never know it on the surface because they're not trying to prove anything. No, they don't need to prove anything, <coughs> and they always have that one friend who like wants to hype them up yeah. and see them in the fight. And like, 
That one friend's never proven yeah. himself. Yeah, that one friend is never, like, literally, they'll go to them like, you need to shut up before yeah. I snap your neck. They never really yeah. tested their <laughs> like, And yeah. I think that's what happens when you've got the, when you've got social media mm -hmm. and everything is so, so easy to just approve or disapprove of somebody's behavior with a like, and a thumbs mm -hmm. up, or stuff like that. Yeah. You, you're just disconnected from the human experience. Yeah. Which is Well, funny. I think, like, when social media started putting, like, the likes and the thumbs up underneath the... Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I was listening it, to that. It, it that. ruined. Yeah. <laughs> it, it ruined a man. I was listening forever. to the one from Sella, and yeah. he said the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It's like when they put, when they started putting likes instead of you being able to actually state your point, mm -hmm. it just really enhanced this whole like echo chamber experience for people where it's like, oh, these people like me, and what I'm saying yeah. must be right. Um, and that's Inflates the ego. Yeah, and it's it's not it's it's not grounded in reality. And until yeah. you get grounded in reality, sometimes literally with a fist in your face. <laughs> or, or something humbles you like yeah I've been nothing robbed. humbles you more than a fist in the face though <laughs> i mean I've, I've been robbed at gunpoint and like yeah. the, one of the guys that tried to rob us like like punched me in the face a couple of times it was like that's your reality i'm still I'm still like one of the funniest experiences i had but like <laughs> even my perspective on that i got robbed at gunpoint but it was the funniest experience i had there's yeah. like a, a temperance there yeah. where it's not like oh my god i almost died it was yeah. traumatic and i have ptsd like yeah. no like it's life happens mm -hmm. and life puts you in these pits you in these really interesting experiences and it makes you stronger mm -hmm. and what we're doing as athletes i don't want to call myself an athlete necessarily what what we're doing in, in the world of fitness is challenging ourselves because we no longer have real survival like survival challenges yeah that humble us and make us appreciate the, the the vastness of everything that goes on in this world because everything has been handed to us on a platter and we lose touch with that yeah I, oh, I agree and like like those tough situations mold you in certain mm -hmm. ways and yeah. uh, I'll quote a uh, Lou Holtz uh, I don't even know how we know who Lou Holtz is uh, I don't think younger generations don't know who Lou Holtz is who's that oh, Lou Holtz who's that um he, some boomer. He, yeah, yeah, some boomer. He said, uh, "Life is ten percent what happens to you, and ninety percent how you react to it." Yeah, and it's that. Yeah, that saying holds true to everything. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, sports related or life related, um, it oh, holds so man. true. Like, like life will always kick you in the balls. It's just how you're going to react to it afterwards. Uh, we're gonna. I, know, I feel like we can keep riffing <laughs> on stuff, and this is going to be my last thing. Yeah. I, like. Because you, you mentioned that whole deal about it's just the way that you react to stuff. Mm -hmm. um, lately, for the longest time, I've, I've said that I hate long endurance training. Yeah. Um, but then we started doing twenties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> doing <laughs> sets of twenty for squats. Yeah. And like what was sixty percent, and it just yeah. keeps going every every um, workout. Yeah. And that has been a real test of what I think my limits are. I've always yeah. said in my head that, like. After se seven reps is where I top out, where I can mm -hmm. do it continuously and then stop. Yeah. And I've had to break that down differently in my mind and challenge myself to the point where you were saying was like, it's just in how you react to things. And my initial reactions to those first few workouts was like, fuck. Yeah. They're hard. Yeah. And like they, it makes you so much tougher in between the ears because like at 10 to 15 reps, like you want to quit. Yeah. And you're like, well, I can push out five more. Yeah. I can push out five more. Yeah. And like, or even and you get one, more. you're like, yeah, or even one more. And one like, more. Yeah. And it's like, more. you know, you get to 16, it's like, oh, I can do one more. Yeah. You get to 17, it's like, oh, I, I still got another one yeah. in the tank. Uh, 18, I still got another one. And you get to 20, like, all right, finally, I can re rack this. That, thing. That's yeah. this last session. Mm -hmm. I had I'd been taken out of training for basically a week. Yeah. And I had to go down about five pounds from my last PR. So I was pushing 265. Mm hmm. I and mean, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. I got to, ugh, I did the first rep and I was like, shit. Yeah, it feels like, heavy. Everything yeah. feels super loose. Mm -hmm. I can't get tight. Yeah. And going into like, normally getting a 10 was easy. Mm -hmm. I'd gotten to the point where getting a 10 was easy. But this, it was like, I got to five, six, seven. I was like, fuck, yeah. I'm already counting yeah. single digits. Yeah. I was like, just another one. Yeah. And another one. And another one. Normally but, you do your squats pretty quickly. Yeah. Was like the longest. I was dragging. Yeah. Yeah. But I found, I kind of hit another stride when I got to about, as soon as I crossed 10, got into 11. Mm. I was able to kind of in my head um, go, okay, let's do, for, do let's try two. So yeah. try two, try two, try two. And I think it wasn't until about 16 or 17 when I slowed down again 
and I could hear you, and, and, and this speaks on the importance of having a very supportive group of people around you. I could hear you, and you were the only voice in my head that yeah. kept saying, "Good, seven, like three yeah. more, two more, one more." more. And yeah. like, I think I paused at nineteen. Yeah. And I kind of for a second was like, "I got this far. Yeah. <laughs> That's good enough." Yeah. And it was like, I was like come one on, more, one more, one yeah. more. And it was like, it literally was just yeah. like, all right, yeah. one more. And, got and like, it done. that's, that's what helped, like, that's the benefit of training with somebody. And, um, I think another thing that helps you too, uh, Matt Frazier, uh, pointed this out in a, like a video document or a vlog. Um, if you don't know who Frazier is, he's the four time fittest man in the world right now. Yeah. Um, he says train in front of a mirror because it's either going to tell you two things or he's going to tell you one of two things. Like. You're gonna see yourself failing, mm. and you're gonna be like, "Dude, pick it up, let's go." Mm. And it's gonna motivate you. Or two, you're gonna see yourself succeeding. Yeah. You'll be like, "Bro, let's go!" Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you got this. So, you know, I I harped on bodybuilders, you know, earlier. That's the one thing that they have. Yeah, they have they like have they, they <laughs> train in front of the mirror. Like you're either gonna see yourself succeeding, or you're gonna see yourself failing. Yeah. And it's gonna either motivate you or tell you to re-rack the weight. Yeah. So, um, I think that helps beneficially. Like, if you don't have a mirror, like, if you train in, like, a garage, like, I train in my garage sometimes. Like, I feel like if I put a mirror in front of, you know, the squat rack and I'm doing squats or bench press or something, yeah. if I look at myself and I see myself failing, I'm either going to tell myself, all right, I need to re-rack this or, yeah. dude, let's go. Or like, do you have yeah, enough in the yeah, tank to, yeah. to, to gut it out? Let me check this real quick and see where we're at. One yeah. last check and then we're... Yeah, no, we'll we'll end with our uh, ending quotes. Yeah. Final thoughts. Yeah. Just a little intermission, real quick. Two phones. I don't know how the lyrics go. Something about. Well, you're not a fan of Kevin Gates, so. No, I'm not. <laughs> Can't blame you. Kevin, who? Yeah, that one day where we had to listen to it Saw the Kevin entire Gates. time in the gym. I was losing my mind, and that kid put it on the radio. I was like, what is wrong with you? Which I haven't seen him in a while. Well, you, you usually train for that one with that one dude. Yeah, but he was doing all arms every day. I just didn't understand. I'm like, dude, you're maybe 120 pounds soaking wet. Like, you need to do compound just movements. Just get bigger arms. No, you're like a noodle, man. Like, do some compound lifts and you'll get bigger arms. Well, it was really funny. It's like the day that his trainer came in and, like, slides yeah. and socks. Yeah. Well, he did, he did almost every day. And he's like, did he, I, really? yeah. He's like, I don't know how y'all do this this early in the morning. Like, I don't even have this, this kind of energy, man. I was like, it's called coffee. <laughs> it's called just getting it done. <laughs> Not, well, oh. I've been doing it for years, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, we'll end with our end thoughts. Just to like wrap it up. Yeah. I think oh. for me, like my, my my closing thoughts is just like the everything that's symptomatically happening in in just the world and community and social media is just a reflection of people. It's just this split. Like I said, people are becoming stronger. Mm -hmm. People are actually supporting or like protecting their weakness. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's just a given. Um, I think that's always been around. It's just more obvious now with social media. Yeah. Um, I would say that what I wish more people would do is challenge themselves and push themselves to into more um, challenging situations. Yeah. So that you can find the limits of what your strengths are, and once you start doing that, you interestingly you might find that you'll kind of detest your former self and people who are living that that existence. Um, that's that's where I'm coming from. Like I used to be a very cerebral, mental person, and I used to like think that that people were douchebags because they were like fit people. But I've learned to cultivate a sort of a an understanding and a temper. Yeah, deeper understanding. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's it. Just like challenge yourself and get stronger and 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 see what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. And in the process, like don't like use it as an opportunity to not be a douchebag. Use it as an opportunity to be a leader and potentially help people around you to, to become greater themselves. I agree. Um, I think my ending thoughts for today or for this week, um, just keep being the best, best version of yourself each and every day. Um, 
read more, learn more, do more, and be each, more. Yeah, be more each and every day, the best version you can be. Yeah. And just be kind. Um, yeah. The world already has enough hate in the world. Mm. There's already enough hate in the world. So if you can add one act of kindness a day, yeah. the world would be a better place. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously we talked about bullying. Like, bullying should not be tolerated. Um, you know, bullying needs to stop. Because um, there's, there's no need for it. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be difference in people and we need to be more empathetic to those that are different from us. Yeah. Because um, we all bleed the same. Uh, I've never met a person who bleeds green, so... Still waiting um, for it. Yeah, still <laughs> waiting for it. Um, but even then, like, we're all God's children. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah be kind spot. and be the best version you can be each and every day. I think that's a good spot to end it. So. All right, I'm Mark, My Primal Beings. If you want to find me, you can find me at My Primal Being on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. And this is our host on the fittest for the Citizen Podcast. Uh, my name is Mark Cox. You can find me at MCOX91 on Instagram. And uh, don't follow me on Facebook because I won't friend you. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, enjoy the week. Have a good week. Take Bye. it easy. That was good. Yeah. That was deep.